Hello and welcome to the Film Focus podcast. My name is Morgan Calton and tonight I'm joined by two guests uh, to talk through this month's goings on. Uh, my first guest is Matt Baldwin. Hello there. Hey Matt, good to have you. Good to see you. Yep. And uh, my second guest is John Schaub. Hello hey, John. there. Thanks yeah. for joining Thanks me guys. Thanks for being well with me. Pleasure. Uh, yeah, uh, so let's not hang about, let's kick off. Um, and I guess the first thing uh, to look at is the Southampton game from the weekend, which, you know, we went into that game. Uh, I, would, I was fairly optimistic going into that game because of Southampton's run of form, because of our run of form. And, you know, sort of a championship team coming up against a lower, uh, lower in the league premiership team, you know, isn't always a cup set, you know, if you want to coin that term. So it was somewhat disappointing to see us go out. And I think more than anything, it was the manner of the defeat our complete lack of ability to pass the ball. In particular, you have to look at Oliver Norwood, who, you know, looked, looked for a pass and then, you know, without doubt, f- uh, found space, you know. And it was just got sort of, for the whole game, it just seemed to go on and on and on. It was disappointing, but uh, you guys got any thoughts? Um, Matt, start with? Um, no, I think you've more or less covered it. Although I will say, you, you're talking about us going into the game with a bit of form. Um, as I've said on numerous occasions not on this podcast but other places i think we're far too inconsistent to do to make any sort of major runs i i don't think we're going up the scene so i think this it's just more or less an off day for us you know if you look at uh, the rest of it like wolves for instance they're on such a good run of form that you expected them to do well against against swansea whereas us i just you no know, i was i wasn't going into the game expecting too much and you know Southampton just you know just got lucky on just got lucky on the day yeah I mean I'd agree with that I think you know you are right we are incredibly inconsistent I just thought you know the home support which actually to be fair on the day I was expecting a much better atmosphere at the cottage I thought it was a very sort of muted kind of just come along it was almost like a friendly atmosphere from our side the Southampton fans were in good voice you know they brought four and a half thousand down with them or up with them it was somewhat it was somewhat disappointing in that respect as well I don't think our play really sort of got the crowd going um, as much as it has in the past. So maybe that was a factor. I, you know, I would have hoped for a slightly more positive result. I would have expected at least a goal um, with our sort of, you know, where we've been attacking lately. I don't know, John, yeah. have you got yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I'll, I'll join with you. I'll join with that. And I'll also say, I wonder how much uh, we're going to more or less, well, hopefully touch on later, but the discord, let's put it that way, behind the scenes, whether or not that was sort of overhanging on the players as well, if that, you know, it just it could have been just a huge distraction in the week beforehand. That that could just be another factor into it. And John? Yeah, I mean I suppose I went into it with the same kind of opinion as yourself. I thought we, we had a good chance. You know, they they obviously weren't on any run of form whatsoever, but typically being Fulham, if you're on a bad run of form, play us, you know, it will all get better, basically. I wasn't too disappointed to be knocked out. It would be nice to play a bit. I wanted to play, you know, try and get Font playing and doing something if that's possible. And, you know, Give a few, give a few players a runabout. I think we played actually probably a stronger team than I thought we might actually. You know, booking a ticket in advance. You never know what you're going to. It was it was an incredibly frustrating game. Really, there was there was nothing. It, we just didn't really offer very much. The passing out from the back still is just you know. I feel sorry for Button because he seems to be doing what the manager asks him, probably more so than Bettinelli. But it's not working, and you can just see his confidence game by game going downhill. Really, I think you know, I'm with, hoping with Button, you do have that issue that as soon as he makes one mis, you know, misplaced pass, one 
slightly dodgy save or punch or whatever, the fans get on his back straight away. Whereas Bettinelli doesn't have this. And, you know, this has been said, you know, numerous times. But he doesn't really seem to deserve it from my from my perspective. He his distribution is one of the best in the championship from the stats that we've seen. But it doesn't seem to no one seems to care about that. It's very much well button is rubbish, Bettinelli should come in. But for me, they are very like for like. Uh, I think we should have a you know, we need a new goalkeeper, in my opinion. I don't think either of those keepers are good enough to get us promoted from the championship. If you're, if you look back at sort of you know sort of goalkeepers in the past, but you know I might be wrong. I think maybe it's a bit harsh, maybe. But I don't look at Bettinelli, and he doesn't fill me with confidence yet. He seems to be the first choice at the moment. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't I don't think that either of them are being helped. I mean, the um, passing from the back does work, but the, the issue I have is that everyone on everyone on our team stands like a statue and ex- and they're all marked and then they expect button to kind of work some I, I mean I don't understand what they're expecting him to do I mean everyone all teams know how to play us you know and we thought we'd kind of found something out where we'd ping a long ball to a to a wing back on the on the touchline I mean two games later every team saw that coming and then all those balls were either floating out or a contested header you know it wasn't going to us it, it just seems you know we're not we're not we're not progressing in that you know surely if, if players are moving positions swapping over becoming hard to mark it gives Button something to aim at, whereas if everyone literally is full centre-back spread, wing-backs on the line, and everyone else stands still, the other team knows what to expect. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know what to do, and we haven't got a target man up front to lump it long, but that doesn't seem to stop Bettinelli from doing it, and I think that's why he gets less... I mean, I think he's a fan favourite just because he's been at the club for so long. I think he gets less stick because he just kind of boots it, and, um, you know, it's not that inviting so much pressure onto us, whereas Button passes it out, the player's marked, he passes it straight back to Button, and then Button's stuck in the situation he was when he tried giving it the first time. And then, you know, we just invite them up the pitch. And, uh, you know, I, that that always frustrates me. And um, we don't seem to be doing enough or having enough ideas as to, you know, how to improve that, really. And I would have thought that would be quite... Um, quite important on the training ground each week to to not just lump it to a, a wing back and hope that they you know do something special with it to actually work out a system of finding a man in space who can turn and actually work their way up the pitch rather than you know being under pressure and having to just pass it sideways but yeah i mean they deserve to win we um they could eat, i mean i thought that that was in the shot that hit the bar there from the hammersmith end that looked um well and truly in and i mean the players didn't give us anything to shout about we had a couple of half chances but um no complaints really and well, I, I mean Norwood the, was very bad he um, was I mean, you know there is no getting away from that that was probably the worst performance I've seen from him since he came down uh, came up to us on loan I, I don't think that should be the end of his Fulham career based on one bad performance um, he does offer something you know an alternative to McDonald or one of our other central midfielders where where need be but I mean, it was pretty tragic to watch and it was you were looking at it going this is almost like the sort of you know the, the five-minute spell for Mark Fotheringham that was a couple of years ago. Watching something of that quality, it was like, oh, how, how is this happening? You know, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And that, sorry, I, I agree. And I think as well, um, he has played some very good games for us and he's been, and he's been very good. So I, you can't rule him out for one performance. But um, I mean, I'm guessing, um, you know, Kenny wasn't really an option that game. Um, I'm, I think the manager wanted to rest him and uh, I'm hoping for better. But I mean, he shouldn't, he shouldn't, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be picking him for the next game, put it that way, not to start. Well, I think anyway. a, a lot of the fans were getting, uh, they were 
upset that um, Kenny wasn't playing. I'm not quite sure why. I think it was a it was an obvious choice to leave him out. Um, obviously, he is our creative force, but you know his injuries have been so sort of bad this season that uh, you know it's a cup game. You don't play him as a sort of as general rule with the, sort of the end of the championship uh, championship season uh, upon uh, coming up upon us. So I'm not quite sure where the upset was there. Obviously, it had an effect whereby we didn't have that creative force. And you can clearly see that. I mean, McDonald and Norwood aren't creative forces in any straight, um, in, you know, in any way. I think sort of, obviously, Norwood would have been the obvious choice to take off in the second half. But I think after McDonald got that yellow card, you could see he was getting tired. He was getting a little bit lazy in the challenge. And rather than having a player sent off and then banned for an extra game, it was better to take him off rather than Norwood. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. a couple of things that I noticed tactically in that game, and I think um, very much more so for the beginning of this season, is I just find our central mid- midfield, even with Kearney up until possibly recently, all they do is rely- is pass the ball sideways or backwards. They're, they're only relying on the wing-backs or the wingers to actually make forward runs. It's the only way we seem to be able to advance up the pitch is on the wing. And the midfield, it's either sideways or backwards, and there's no attacking threat down the middle whatsoever. And you're just passing it to one wing, getting it back, passing it to the other, kind of shifting all the responsibility of actually getting into their box and doing something on the wide players with no attempt of playing a through ball down the middle or taking two men on or one man on blimey, that would help, um, and actually making something happen in the middle. I mean, not many goals, not many shots go in from the side to the pitch and, you know... that's really frustrating me. It's almost just like, yeah, move, give him the, give him the job, give him the job, and and I suppose maybe a Luco, a player who could cut in. People aren't beating people in the centre of the park to make space, and it, it it's very predictable for them just to know. Well, they're going to put it wide. They're going to put it wide, and then that's where they concentrate. And then in the middle, it's it's very frustrating because I'd love to know the stats of forward passes from the middle of the park because I think it would be few and far between it's all goes going sideways or backwards and and they need to take a bit more responsibility on actually trying to get to the edge of the box and you know yeah I mean that's something that's really been griping me and and also I think Cess I mean I was a big advocate put Cess further up the pitch um and I'm still not not against that I mean he, he, he is class but I actually think he probably our worst winger for actually taking players on beating players and and making something happen once he's through and the ball's played to him. I mean, he's the best we've got. He's cool. He finishes. He's brilliant and he times his runs perfectly. But but actually, getting beyond the player with the ball at his feet isn't his strength. It's more receiving it, you know, beyond. And and we need to try and work out how to make that happen a do, lot do more you think often. That might, that might be down to the fact because he is only seventeen. He hasn't got the sort of the body strength of you know a twenty six, twenty seven year old right back. Uh, maybe he's just sort of he's having that issue at the moment. Maybe a couple more years of being in the gym, growing as a you know as a man, maybe that will sort of help him sort of with that side of things. Maybe it was the same that Gareth Bale, you know. Yeah, um, I think so. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, not, sorry, sorry, I mean he's, he's not he's not going to get worse um, at that. I mean, no doubts. But I mean, it's about putting putting a player in the position where they're strongest, and and that that for me is where it is, and that's why. He scores goals like that. And I mean, when teams, I think people have been going to defending Slav by saying, well, look, when teams sit back against us, he's not all that effective. I think that there is definitely a point a point there, basically, that, um, you know, we need to try and get him in a position where he's receiving the ball kind of past the last man or, or at the end of a run. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the, you know, he's got so much in front of him to, to improve in every aspect. That I, um, I'm not saying he won't. I'm just saying at, at the time, as we speak, um, it's a bit of a conundrum, really, because you know if they're sat back, he's not going to skin players 
maybe like you know Cabano and Ojo have the kind of capability to do. So um, I, I think it, I think it kind of brought home a bit more to me after he scored a hat trick and all that. You think, oh, just play him on the wing. It's not quite that simple. Yeah, I wonder if it would be worth tweaking the formation a little bit and putting him in the sort of uh, number ten role. You know, rather than getting getting him going at um, fullbacks, having him run th- having him run through the middle of the pitch towards towards the centre backs. Is it almost kind of messy role almost? Yeah, if you if you want to put it that way, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking of sort of you know a relatively slight looking uh, number ten. The first one that comes to mind is Messi, and yeah. there is you know. He, Sess is obviously very, very good with the ball at his feet. He doesn't, you know, as just said, he doesn't have a huge amount of strength yet, but I'm sure that will come with time. And he, he's, he can obviously score. So that's, you know, I don't see that as a bad idea. Whether, um, you know, Slav is sort of even, you know, considering that, I don't know. But, you know, it's all, if things aren't working out with our formation, if, the, if we do end up with a couple of games whereby we're sort of, you know, struggling for results again, then you think he would have to change up. And, is there room for something like that? Why not? You know, it could work. Yeah, I, I, I think that's it's definitely worth a try. I mean, I, my concern with that is who, who, who do you leave out, and and also whether he'd he'd be strong enough in that number ten role. I mean, I almost think he'd be better as a as a as a striker, to be honest. Just on the last man, making those runs for people to find him because he, he just seems to make the run at the right time, find himself in the right place. I would be willing to give either of those, either of those a go, to be honest. You know, just having him on the last man and trying to trying to it would obviously be more for teams pushing up against us really yeah it's worth it's worth the go i mean would we haven't, we haven't him... got a striker have we so um... would you have him up there would you have him up there on your own or would you have someone like kamara up there with him to sort of flick the ball on flick the ball hold on and flick the ball onto him um i mean it's a difficult one i mean i suppose at the moment we've got kearney who could probably find him and ojo has shown that you know he has got an eye for a ball and can make space for you know make space for people. Um, or Piazon, you know he he seems to sometimes you know have more time than than everyone else on the pitch and kind of find those kind of little flick on stuff like that. It, it is awkward because he he could easily get bullied um, with his size and with you know some of the lumps in this league and some of the referees don't tend to look after players. So it it's a theory. It could easily be a bad one to be honest. But I mean, I it's just I, the, the timing of his runs and, and that just make me think that, you know, he could be kind of like a, a Saha kind of Ian Wright kind of player, you know, possibly. Yeah. I think he would need a partner up there. I don't think he would be able to do it on his own. I think you also need a striker who can head the ball. And obviously with his size not being the greatest, um, I don't think he's much of a header. Um, so he probably would need a Kamara type or someone, you know, who has you know a bit more height on him just to sort of you know, yeah, um, thing is, compliment him. Yeah, thing is though, we're not really playing a sort of a you know, traditional championship lump the ball up to big centre forward play. We're trying to play the ball on the ground, little f- through balls, and then even when we get into the wide areas, we're not putting the ball up to the back post for a big centre forward to come in. We're pl- driving the ball across the box, trying to play our way through. So it's not as if we need we would need Sess to head the ball. He'd could work in that system if we're playing through balls sort or of thing. We're not asking we're not asking him to go up against a big, you know, towering centre back like John Terry saying win the ball in a header. We're asking him to sort of play nice, attractive football and keep it on the ground. Yeah, that's true. And on that basis, then sure, I mean, he could probably do a job up there as long as the ball was kept on the ground and we kept the same uh, same type of tactics. If we're changing formation 
that sort of drastically, then maybe there would be a bit more sort of alternative sort of um, passing uh, game from Slav. Um, but I think he's fairly adamant that he does just want to play the ball on the ground, which is great. You know, we shouldn't be paying a Pulis type of football. So, yeah, I think perhaps if we do go down that route, then, you know, anything's possible, with, especially with Cess being so young. Um, he's obviously got sort of an eye for goal. And perhaps, you know, having him up top would just be something a little bit different than we have sort of two slightly more experienced wingers. Side, uh, either side of him, I think. I think. Well, I mean, for me, it would it would probably be a, a much better tactic away, where teams kind of are coming onto us, or if we're, or if we're winning, basically. So then we've got maybe an outlet who can time that. I mean, we've got no. I mean, Kamara's got pace, but not so much finesse, you know. And kind of if he's in on goal, just him. I'm I'm not putting my house on him scoring. Whereas you know, maybe if teams are chasing the game, it might be an idea. And then if it works brilliantly, it could be utilised more. But look, that's just a theory I've had for a little while, so I thought I'd, I'd put it out there anyway. Well. Uh, talking about playing away, we should move on to the next game that we've got, which is up at the Riverside, uh, taking on Tony Poulis and his Middlesbrough team. How do we see this one going? I mean, this is two very different types of team up against each other. Um, obviously, Middlesbrough, uh, I don't know if you'd say on a high from appointing Poulis. I'm not quite sure that's the right word for it. But they are, you know, they've got they're sort of the new manager on board. I can't, I wouldn't, can't remember what their score was at the weekend, I think. They win two uh, 0 against Sunderland in the cup. They lost. No, they won. Oh, okay. They won that one. Oh, okay. Well, they'll probably be on a high from that then. So I don't know. How do you see this guy uh, going, Matt? Um, I can see it being. Uh, you know, Pulis has only been in the in the job what about a week, but I could see he's already will have implanted his his style of play his style of play onto it. I'm just going through their squad at the moment. Uh, I've just got up in front of me here. You got. Uh, Guys like Ben Gibson, Ledbetter, Britta Belonga, who's a fine striker. They've got a very good squad around them, and they can very easily play the sort of physical style that um, that Tony Pulis, man, no, Pulis in charge, would want them to play. So I could see it being a little bit of a struggle there, and I think it would really go back to what we were, what we were saying earlier. If we wanted to play counter-attacking, if we want speed up front then I think we can cause them a few problems if we want to have, you know, Cess, Cess up front, you know, to play balls over the top. It might be, it might be, it might be worth, uh, it might be worth giving it a go. Like I can probably see us maybe scraping a drive it. I'm not all that confident about us picking up a victory though. I, I think in this particular game, I don't think he's going to be changing it that drastically. I think he probably will go back to Kamara up front. I think oh yeah, he probably would, but I'm just saying if he wanted to, this would yeah, be a yeah. good idea to do it. Um, in in terms of that striker position, though, I mean, obviously Font was given a sort of another go at the weekend. Maybe thought that sort of you know against Premiership team, he might be able to show his class that you know he apparently has a little bit more. Didn't really do it, but to be fair to him, he didn't have the greatest service. So perhaps he might get another go this weekend. But I would think it'd be more likely that he tries uh, Kamara again, seeing as he has got the sort of a few goals in the last few games. John, what do you think? Do you think he should be sort of Sticking with Font or go back to Kamara? No, I, I would I would go back to Kamara. I mean, Font Font had a chance. I mean, his service he did, he wasn't served well. Um, I mean, it, it was interesting watching. He did you know he he was making runs and just no one was really looking for him to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would go. For, I mean, just to give you my, I'd start with Betts, Adoy, Reem, Callis, Fred, Kmac, Johansson, Kearney, um, Cess, Kamara, and I can't really pick between Cabano and Ojo to be honest. Um, maybe Ojo, but um. Yeah, that's that's how I would start. Um, as how I see the game going, I mean, 
I would almost like flip a coin, really. I mean, Pulis is probably the perfect manager to set a team up against Fulham, really. Um, you know, lump it up and kind of set pieces. Physically, like just there, the Samba Longa up, up front could cause our pretty weak and short centre-backs, you know, some, some problems. And I'm sure he'll look at just the kind of, um, what's the word, predictability of, of our play. And he'll have he'll have um, his players set up to know exactly what to do to try and ruin our game. And we often tend to kind of lose our focus a bit when we get kicked a bit. And, you know, we often complain about the referees, but um, if the referees are kind of weak early on, that I think will be kind of a running theme. Uh, I could see it going any, any way, win, lose or draw, to be honest. Um, I would hate to put a bet on that. But we, we, we could do it. I mean, when we're on song, we can beat anyone. We can also look incredibly, incredibly frustrating. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't like to predict it, to be honest. I think, I think you're right. I mean, Asom Belonga, you know, he is, he is a great striker. He's very strong. I think he's, you know, caused his problems in the past when he was at Nottingham Forest as well. And Callas and Reem, I mean, Reem has obviously been playing very well lately. Unfortunately, Callas hasn't been sort of complimenting complimenting him in the same way so i don't know i think they probably will target some longer sort of through the middle sort of causing confusion there frederick's obviously frederick's and whoever plays left back you know he may try something a little bit i don't know whether do you think he'll go with doy again this time most likely yeah he's got that he's got that more physical side about him that you'd you'd want on your you'd want on your team when you're playing a pulis team yeah i'm not sure who plays on the on the right wing for Middlesbrough. I know. Is it that um, Triori? Is he a left winger? Uh, Stuart Downing's their left winger, isn't it? God, is no, it might be Triori. <laughs> yeah, Stuart Downing is still playing. <laughs> you need to give us warning with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Triori's been, he had quite a good game at the weekend, but I've seen him play before. And he's one of these players that seems to have a lot of tricks about him, but he's definitely a hot and cold player. So, I mean, if he has, you know, one of his cold days, that would be great, uh, especially if it's sort of, you know, a relatively hard game uh, in terms of uh, tackling and some longer, etc. So I don't know. I think maybe you know if we've got a Doy playing left back again, obviously Fred playing on the right, hopefully sort of expose them down the down their left side, um, especially if Downing hasn't quite got his pace anymore. I think we could do we could do them some damage. I don't think we'll. I don't think it will be um, you know backs the wall for the whole game. I think we've definitely got enough going forward at the moment. You know. Saturday aside, that would sort of give me confidence that we'd at least score a goal. Uh, it's just really sort of containing the threat of their attacking and their sort of their long balls and hard tackling to make sure that we don't sort of uh, let them score too early for a start and then sort of, you know, uh, uh, sort of fight against it for the rest of the game. Yeah, I, I mean, also, I think, to, um, you know, I think uh, Kamara, while has been playing well, I think if they've got Gibson, who a lot of Premier League teams are interested in, I think he has the possibility to kind of nullify him quite effectively so ho- hopefully not I mean what what I find watching Fulham is you know, how we start a half can determine it you know sometimes we start we just it's electric and you just think oh brilliant and um and sometimes it's not on and it just doesn't seem to and then maybe second half we we, we do turn it on but it does seem to be kind of you know within the first five ten minutes of a half you get a really good idea of what what's actually going to happen and it does change sometimes in the interval but it you know It'll be interesting. We, we've got a good chance. We, we can hurt anyone. I do just think that, you know, Pulis isn't above putting eight players on the pitch who are six foot two and just putting them all in the box and just kicking it, you know, um, kicking it long. So that, that will be... Standard tactics, basically. 
Yeah, like... it would very much be black and white tactically, I think. Um, and that that would be interesting because, you know, we can make teams like that look very, very silly. It, you know, I think hopefully Kearney is kind of continues his upward rise in form. And in that case, that's that's what I think is, is really quite pivotal, to be honest. If Kearney is finding balls through the middle and, and you know, progressing the ball up the pitch, then 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 we've got a good chance against anyone. All right. Do you want to give us a score prediction, Matt? Um, I'll go for a, I'll go for a two-two. John. Okay. Well, I would have said that, but I, I'm going to go for a one-two to Fulham. Um, I'm going to go with a one-all. I think on this one, which it wouldn't be a bad a point bit... at all. To be honest, if you, if you ask me now, I think I'd, I'd probably yeah. take a point. All right, great. So moving on to the fun bit of this month, uh, the transfer window. So looking at it looking at the rumours that have sort of been floating around and sort of you know, just looking at the squad and stuff, I think the sort of the, 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 in, the in transfers, we haven't been linked with a huge amount of players. Obviously, Slav had his say in the press conference the other day to say that we haven't got any sort of uh, solid interest, which I find really hard to believe that with a whole scouting network uh, or stats network or however it's working behind the scenes, that we don't at least have three or four targets that we would look at for this month. Whether it's you know true that we haven't uh, that we're not looking to sign anyone at all, um, I don't know. But looking at sort of the people that we've been linked with, obviously the strong rumor is that we're going to get Matt Target in on loan from Southampton. Uh, Lewis Graben has been linked, and obviously because it's a transfer window, Dwight Gale's been linked as well. Of those three players, which I mean, which of those would you want in the squad? Matt. Um, I'll, I'll go. Um, yeah, yeah, go. To be honest, I think we, we, I'd like a left back um, to kind of give the manager more options to play Cesc further up the pitch. I, I haven't seen any of Target. Um, you know, p- people are saying he's good. So, if you're just going to get him in on, in on loan and, you know, you never know, possibility to buy at the end of the season wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Uh, I would say that a forward would be more important out of the two. I think Graben might suit our, our play more. I kind of want a slightly immobile striker to just bloody stay in the box and find himself on the end of things rather than straying a bit. So um, I think there are rumours that he's had a bit, you know, attitude issues, but he's on he's on great form and um, I'd like to see that. I mean, it'd be nice to, I think the positions we're looking at in an ideal where we a keeper, a left-back, a, a centre-back and a striker. And if we could kind of nail two two or three out of those, I'd be very happy. I think with yeah, Graben, I, I mean... Um... Sorry, Matt. I'm just thinking with Grabber, you've kind of got a striker there who has scored quite a few goals for Sunderland this season and obviously wanted to leave there for whatever reason it happens to be. But he's also, you know, he's about to hit 30 uh, this week. So he's not a young player. And our sort of policy has been in the past to not sign anyone over 28. So that would be sort of, you know, slightly whether it's just complete rumour that he's coming to us or if they are sort of now, you know, stretching the net further afield in terms of sort of allowing some of these players who do have championship experience come to the club, regardless of their age. Or maybe it is just, you know, rumour talk. Uh, Matt, sorry, you about to say something? No, no, I just think when you're looking at the positions where, you know, everyone says the positions we're looking to strengthen, goalkeeper, left-back, centre-back, and a forward, and a, and a striker slash centre-forward. I'm just looking at thinking, who do we get rid of to accommodate? Because we've had a lot of loans coming and i think i think we're already up to our loan limit so something has so something has to give so if we are getting that target in is that already a referendum on rafa suarez just saying no he's not good enough send him back if we're getting a forward in uh 
either Dwight Gale or Lewis Grabin, we're not going to be able to keep Fonte, Kamara, Piazon, and anyone else names names are escaping me. We won't be able to get keep them all happy. So something's got so we can't have just this sort of stockpiling. That's well, my one that's my one sort of worry about it. Like a centre back, you can see what would happen. You could see, you know, Jiao Jallo stays on the bench. Probably one of Callas or Ree, more likely Callas, would drop to the bench and then Medill goes out, either sold or on loan somewhere. But I just can't see who gets their place taken for any new signings that are coming in. That's my only sort of worries about all this. Well, looking at the loans that we brought in, I think it's fair to say Suarez, Suarez, however you pronounce his name, um, yeah. he, you know, he obviously came in injured. He was obviously not one of Slav's cho- uh, choices. Came with a very good reputation, which is why everyone was sort of quite eager to see him play. And from, you know, he got a few minutes in the first team, but aside from that, it's just been the under-23 squad. The, I would suggest that if target does come in, Porto would recall Suarez, because why would they yeah, want or we'd, or we'd send him back, either way. I think we'd either, send him either back, way, yeah. Either way, I don't think he's going to be see, um, playing for us in February. And I think same kind of goes for Jordan Graham. I think it's uh, been a bit unfortunate for him because from what Wolves fans were saying, you know, he's a great talent, but he just hasn't really had an opportunity under Slav. So I reckon they would probably both go. I think it's fair to say Molo is probably going to be shipped out somewhere. Yeah, um, which is a shame because I really like him. I really uh, like... I'm, no, I'm not one know. of these... <laughs> just from the look of him, I really like... There's a little bit of Ashkander Jagger about him. And I really liked Ashkander Jagger. There's that little something that you think if you get him playing for 90 minutes, he can produce something. But we're not going to see enough of him coming off the bench. No, I, I'd agree with that. And I think comparison with De Jagger is, you know, it's about right. It's sort of there were a lot of little tricky moves here and there. I do feel that De Jagger had a little bit more of a finish about him in terms of, um, you know, he'd put the crosses in or he would he yeah. could finish a lot better. I think Molo. You know, he, what's the term, flatters, flatters to deceive, as it yeah. were. Um, he steps over. He doesn't really run forward. With it, and if he does, he tends to forget the ball. So yeah. he's, I think he's got a lot of pace. I think he's got a lot of trickery. But I just don't think it's right for this team and certainly not right for this league. Yeah, and on the subject of who goes in, <sighs> who goes out, we've been discussing the goalkeepers a lot. If we are to get a goalkeeper in, again, you're not going to keep Bettinelli or Button happy with what because one of them is going to have to be third choice not even in the start in the match day 18 so one of them is probably going to have to go yeah i think i think that would would have to i mean i think that would happen basically <laughs> i think um i'm not to, uh, whether whether our keepers are good enough or not I, i'm not overly bothered by the by the goalkeeper to be honest i mean i think a striker would be would be the the most important for me because our set pieces are just painful to watch i mean just go and get a go and get a hot dog go and get a beer because nothing's going to happen um yeah. And we win so many of them. And I think even last season, I mean, if, there's no improvement. And surely, I think last season we had like the most corners and we had the worst conversion rate. Teams were just putting it out because they knew that we were we were so toothless. That was a safe place for the ball to be. And if we had someone in there who actually attacks the ball and, and scored a few, it, it would change the di- dynamic. And actually, those are bloody handy goals. You know, we haven't got to pass it intricately for five minutes to find an opening. We can just win a corner and lump it into a big man. So that, that could make a massive difference. Um, you know, and so often we go behind in games and then it plays into their hands with our possession football. So a, a, a big, strong striker that could hold the ball up, give the keeper an option other than just passing it to an under-pressure centre-back 
and also someone who could do something from set pieces in both boxes could could be huge for the season really and and we're not far I, I don't think we we will go up but or even get to the playoffs but we we are we're not far off it and it could easily happen and that could be the the difference really if I was to pick one position that could change could change it I think you're right. I, I don't think a goalkeeper at this particular juncture is the necessary signing. If we're only no, he's, definitely bo- two... he's definitely bottom of the list of priorities for, for this window. Definitely bottom of the list. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's definitely true. I mean, in the summer, I think we do need to address it. I don't think Butnall Bet- Bettinelli should be sort of, even if, you know, by some, you know, strange circumstance, we do go up to the Premiership. They certainly won't be ready for that league. But even still, if we're in the championship still, I think we need to you know, invest in that position to make sure that we have a real sort of commander of the box, commander of his, the defence in there. And hopefully that will sort of you know, lead us on to better things next season. Um, in terms of the striker, I think, yeah, having a big guy who is a bit more seasoned. Obviously, Kamara is a big guy. I don't think he's very, you know, he's a rough diamond. Let's put it, yeah, that's right. Really? Whereas I think... Someone like Dwight Gale, who has scored a lot of goals at championship level, would be great. And I think he would definitely suit our style of play. I don't think in the middle of the season that Slab's going to sort of suddenly change it up and say, right, we need a big guy who can hold it up as much. I think, you know, if we're going to carry on in the same vein that we've been going in for the last three, four months, or how long it's been, then I think we're more likely to go with a Dwight Gale-esque player, which I'd be fine with. Absolutely. Same here. I, 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 to be honest, I think I disagree with that. Really, I, I just I see a lot of players making runs and not being looked for or even found. I, I don't know if Gale would suit us. If we've got them pen back against their box, he's not bad in the air, but he's not commanding. And I don't know, he does stay in the box, which helps. But I honestly think a bigger, a less. I'd love him to be mobile, but a bigger, stronger guy in there. You know, just to occupy a defender, give him a give him a, a physical battle, but have a first touch and be able to let the other players come and join him. I think that would be better than Gale, to be honest. But, you know, I, I, if we get him, he, he would still be a good signing. Yeah, ideally what we're looking for is just is just for Kamara to be ever so slightly better. Because yes. I think if we want to have that big lumbering centre-forward, you know, I think he's got the potential. He's got something about him. I just don't think he's quite there yet. And it's a case of, are we willing to, you know, are we going all in for promotion this year? Or are we willing to say, right, Maybe go for it next year, and along the way, this guy can be the main guy going forward. I think I think you're right. I mean, this is one of the most frustrating things with Fulham in recent windows. Probably under the stats thing is that they're trying to find unheard of gems from from other leagues. Where we want someone, I suppose, like Chris Martin, who knows the league, knows what to do, can step in and just kind of you know he starts scoring and playing straight away. Um, or like a Ross McCormack who just came in and fitted right in. At the moment, we're giving half a season for those players to work. You know, it puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the second half of the season. And, you know, you're, you're throwing a lot of points away. So I think a lot of people out there would, would want someone, Gale, Graben, someone like that who actually comes in, you know, and doesn't need bedding in anywhere near as long as someone from abroad. So um, I'm not against players from abroad who could do a job, but it would be so nice and refreshing just to get someone who walks in and looks the part on day one. And I think, you know, the, the, there's, there's nothing to say that Kamara can't do a job for the rest of the season. I mean, he has scored four goals in the last three, the last four, four goals in the last three games, I think. And that's, that's a great return for any striker. The fact that he hasn't had a good first half of the season doesn't mean that he can't have a cracking second half. But with the window only being, you know, three, well, three weeks left of the window, do you want to risk 
him suddenly only being good for these few games. I think I think it definitely is one of those positions that we need to address. I think a Graben is a good signing because if he gets dropped to the bench or you know it doesn't sort of like come in and play every game because Kamara's playing well, he won't get as well. He may get he may get angry, but it's not quite as expensive. I don't think as it would be if we were doing it with Dwight Gale. I mean, I, I really like Kamara. I think he'll be a complete cult hero, and I hope he does progress. But um, I mean, if a player's playing well, it's hard. You know, how do you dislodge him? So I, I don't know. Um, I, I haven't seen enough of 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 um, Graban to uh, you know, to know what his attitude is. But people say it's not good, and he might not take that high. I think the, the best move would actually be to loan him till the end of the season and see, because if his attitude does stink, then at least we're not stuck with a thirty-year-old who you know we can't get rid of. But I think yeah, that will be the likely move. I think a loan move at this point is probably the most likely and our board's shown in the past that they do like a loan in the window. Um, so I think, you know, if we do get them, um, either Gale or grabbing it, it probably will be a loan. It may be, you know, the loan with a view to buying. And I think, you know, we had that with Syriac last year. I think he was a loan to, with a view to a permanent, but obviously he wasn't very good. So yeah. we didn't sign him. On the sort of, on the matter of the out, uh, transfers out of the club. Obviously, there have been rumours today of Kevin McDonald. He's been linked with Glasgow Rangers, uh, Middlesbrough and Sheffield Wednesday. And also, Fred has been linked with Swansea and Stoke, although I believe Stoke have signed another right back today. So, I mean, if we lost either of those two, I think that would be very damaging to our playoff chances. I think Fred is one of the key players in our team because of his pace. And he does, you know, he is, he is a defender that is getting better in my books. He sort of, you know, he's still young, but he did, you know, he does offer that down the wing. Maybe not for a whole game, but I think he'd be too important to lose. Yeah, I, I second that. I, I sort of joked, I sort of joked on the weekend that, you know, we should get Jack Grimmer back after after what he did. But right, there's something about Ryan Fredericks. I just, don't, I like him, but I just think there, there's got to be. I just don't think he's the complete player. I think there's got to be. You know, if we're going, say if we are going up, I just don't think he's the guy going forward. I don't know. There's just something about him that is something just not quite right, but I can't put my finger on it. Do you, I mean, it could be the fact he's still young. I mean, maybe he, 23, give or take. 25, 25. Oh, 25. Okay. So again, you know, if, we get, yeah. if we get the right offer, I wouldn't be against him going. But at That's this time thing. of the year, or do you think we'd wait till the summer? I think because he's out of contract in the summer, which is. Obviously, why we're listening might be listening to offers from now. Exactly, and then I think we could be sort of putting, you know, <laughs> is this the time that maybe if we do sell him, obviously Slav has good has good faith in our academy. Maybe it's time to get the other Sessignon brother, put him at right back. It might be worth a shot. Well, he's been on the bench a couple of times now, hasn't he? And yeah. he obviously played for the England under nineteen. Was it England nineteen under nineteens or under seventeens? And I think it was under twenties, but they're all they all get mixed together. One of one of them that won the World Cup. Well, it was the under twenty World 70. Cup. Um, I think yeah. The Whatever the young, the England youth. Yeah. He played the for the, really, England. the really young lines, young lines. Right back, yeah, the other sets. And I think you know, I think it's probably if we still have ambitions for the playoffs, I think bringing a player who hasn't played any Championship football yet and expect him to be a part of a defense that you know vitally needs to stop uh, goals going in. I think it would be very very risky idea to actually sort of draft in Steven Sessegnon now. You know, even though Fred's contract's up in the summer, I think it's I think it's key that we do keep him until then. You know, if we go up or, you know, agree a new contract or whatever, then great. 
But I think for the money that they seem to be offering for him, it doesn't sound that much. And, you know, three million or whatever it is, it's uh, compared to having, you know, 100 million for getting to the premiership. It's, I think it would just be fairly uh, stupid, really, to get rid of him now. And in the same vein, I think getting rid of McDonald now, even though he hasn't had the uh, best last few games, I think he's so integral to that central midfield that to lose him again at this time of the season, maybe not the summer, but this time of the season, I think would be a fairly dangerous game. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree about not wanting to lose either of them. To be honest, um, I think Fred is incre- incredibly important, and actually probably one of the first names on the team sheet. To be honest, he does scare teams. You know, he does make things happen sometimes. And the only thing I dislike is that probably he's shown a bit of a lack of loyalty. I mean, I'm sure we've been offering him contracts. I think actually he's a player who could step up to the to the Premier League purely because he because of his pace. He, even if he makes a mistake, he tends to recover and. Yeah, one of our first players on the team sheet, and and he for the money you're for the money you're right. It, it, I think it would completely derail our season, and it's you know maybe by the end of the window if we've lost every game, it might be worth cashing in and kind of looking to better player in for um for next season and go again. But you know if we if we're still kind of three, four, five points from from the top six, I think it could be a, a big mistake really. And with K Mac, he's um he's I mean for me he's the the captain on the field. He he's the leader. The kind of he does hold hold things together quite well. You know, yeah, I, I I would be upset to see either of them go. I mean even in the summer to be honest. But um hopefully we can sign Fred down. I mean we really did revitalise his career. It'd be nice if he could stay with us or let us get something for him. And if he you know if we can't make it to the Premier League, then give him a blessing at the end of the year. But I don't know. We'll see. I I don't think really either out of our starting eleven or the majority of our starting eleven we. I don't think we can afford to lose anyone. I mean, how many teams looking for top six do sell their kind of, you know, start players from their starting eleven? It wouldn't seem like good business. I, th- I think for uh, Fred as well. I think it'd be a weird move um, in the sense that he's, uh, you know, he he's settled in London. Obviously, he was at Spurs, and then he went to Bristol City. Didn't sort of didn't like it down there, and then sort of you know came to us almost straight away. I think uh, the clubs that he's been linked with, um, especially Stoke and. Um, Swansea, not in areas of the country, but I imagine he probably wants to go. Um, and that seems to be, he seems to be a London boy who feels comfortable around here. So maybe it is just talk. Maybe, you know, he wants a go at the Premiership, which is fine. But obviously, those two teams are in danger of dropping out. So I, I think that's, I think that's the biggest, sorry, I think that's the biggest point that, you know, he, he might probably only get six months there and might not be first choice. So he might get a massive payday, but living somewhere he doesn't want to and Maybe you know, getting a couple of appearances in the Premier League probably isn't his his dream move. I wouldn't have thought, unless it, unless it is just for the money. To be honest, depends um, which of the clubs he goes to, though, because because the clubs are in different. Like, who's it's mainly Swansea and Stoke are the two that I've seen mainly mainly linked with him. I think Swansea I think, are now the most keen. I think Stoke have dropped out of it now by looks of it because they uh, made the signing this afternoon. They did, um, but. But say it's still there, Stoke are more likely to stay up than Swansea. So it does depend on where he would go if if he does indeed go. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And obviously, you've got the sort of danger of those two leaving. But obviously, the big one that sort of people are talking about is Cess. You know, will he still be here at the end of the window? Will he still be here at the end of the season? I don't see a deal happening for him that will see him leaving the club in this window. I think if we do... Um, sell him I think it would be with the option to loan him back but I don't see him I see him being here for at least the rest of the season but you know if we don't go up I think inevitably there will be a lot of money thrown at us for him 
I don't know. What, what would you take at this particular time for him to leave? It's hard to put a figure on it because you know what? No, I just can't pick it. I just can't pick because 30 million I would absolutely take. But do I see 30 million coming up? Would that be deemed too ridiculous for someone to offer? You know, would it be 20 million? Would it be 15? It, I just can't put a number on it. What I will agree with you on, though, is basic, basically he will be in the Premiership come August 2018. It's just a case of whether it's with us or with another or with another team. I, I don't think he's staying in the Championship beyond this summer. I will agree with you on that. I mean, the other rumour is, um, obviously, Paris Saint-Germain. They've sort of... Obviously, they've got money to burn, it would seem. And so I wouldn't consider 30 million a ridiculous amount for them. Um, it might be, well, actually, even a premiership team, 30 million, just relative Again, to everyone else, doesn't I, seem like a huge amount of money. A lot of the talk has been Spurs. That's the team that seems to be the most linked, the team that he's most been linked to. 30 million, I just, because when you consider what Patrick Roberts went for, was like just over 10 million, you know, is obviously the market's completely changed in the what three years since Roberts left. But even so, what Patrick Roberts was touted as at the time, compared to what Cessignon is being touted at now, that that thirty million just doesn't seem right. Obviously, I take it to be reinvested across the whole squad, but thirty million just seems too ridiculous to me. But then again, Cessignon's played. A lot in the championship, he's um, scored goals. He's got, you know, he's got, he's got a hat trick. You know, yeah. Roberts barely played. I think on, under Simons, he never got on the pitch because he was so weak. You know, he needed to, he needed to develop as a player and sort of, you know, and grow up. He's sort of, you know, doing okay at Celtic now because I imagine his body's sort of got stronger. But you know, when you could see in the championship, the few times that he did play, he just got flung around like a rag doll. Well, um, people so have been really- saying exactly the same about Sessegnon when he's play- when he plays a left back. In fact, we discussed it earlier that yeah. you know he could do with a bit of strengthening. He could do with a you know a bit a bit more strength about him. So it's it's just a fac- it's just a fascinating one and a confusing yeah, one. I, I, th- I think um, the fact is Roberts was very much an attacking player, and even though he was so so gifted, or you know is so so gifted with the ball at his feet, I think. At that time, he couldn't be played because it just didn't work in our system. And so the value that we got for got for him, I think it was it was decided by a tribunal, wasn't it? Or did he actually get signed? No, he got signed. It was Dembele that was the tribunal, and which he we was got like, about four hundred thousand for, apparently. Yeah, about that. Yeah, business. So, and so, I think Cessnion has proven himself to be a quality player, not at Premiership level, but he has, you know, put himself in the eyes of the Premiership scouts by playing in the first team at a decent championship side. And so where his value obviously comes from that, being 17 as well, still he's got, you know, his whole career ahead of him. So perhaps 30 million isn't ridiculous because of what you're getting and how many years you're potentially getting out of him. In fact, it could be quite a bit of a bargain. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> um, I think Cecil stay for the season. I, mean, I don't think that Slav would have put him in a FA Cup third round if... if if we were getting thirty mil, you know, you would put him, put him, and wrap him in um, bubble wrap, wouldn't you? And keep him out, keep him out of the game. But I think he'll stay. I mean, I'd like him to stay for longer than the end of the season, to be honest. Even if we don't stay up, go up, I don't know that's feasible. But money yeah, now. Yeah, we don't like him to stay, but it's a case of yeah. whether or not he will. Well, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm saying I'd like him to. Um, if we don't get promoted 
probably not. But to put a price on a player is just impossible. I mean, you know, the money is crazy, and the guy is over fifty appearances. He's he scored hat tricks. He scored goals, which which Roberts didn't do. And you know, he can play multiple positions. And I think the kind of um, people saying the next Gareth Bale probably you know is helping us. Um, if we do get a bid, because they're seeing that progression is possible within him, I think I think he wants to go to Spurs if he went anywhere. But you know, Spurs don't tend to splash the cash quite like some other clubs. So I mean, I, the the Man United rumours, I I can't see why would any young player want to play under Mourinho. It just seems I think that's probably not true. I hope it's not true because I'd hate to see Cesc go there and get the kind of treatment that Luke Shaw's got and sit on the bench. So I hope he stays. And you know you. He does love the club. He kind of says that one, one thing that I remember is in an interview he was after the FA Cup or even before the FA Cup, actually, sorry, he was saying, um, or oh, he'd love to win it one day. And those probably aren't the words of a player who thinks he'll be playing for Fulham for the rest of his season. Although hopefully he can he can lead us to glory. That was a bit of a telltale sign that he obviously is very ambitious. And, you know, if, if we can't match his ambition, then he will he will move on. And I think, you know, he is... It's great that he is passionate about the club. Obviously, his brother plays for us as well. So he's got the family tie to it. He's, you know, he's grown up with us. I'm sure, you know, he would love to stay here if we were sort of, you know, in the premiership, you know, pushing for silverware, be it, you know, any of the cups. And the only, I imagine one of the big things that he's got now is, a, is an agent who is probably telling him about all this sort of wonderful money that he could have, um, you know, and this sort of you know, amazing career that he will have if he goes to a bigger team. So you can never really sort of um, know what's going or going on behind the scenes, or what's sort of being, you know, uh, told to him. He, you know, he clearly sort of loves Fulham as a club. It's been his home for a long time. But I don't think he would do anything to sort of, you know, backstab us, as it were. And I think sort of what fans understand is that he will inevitably leave at some point, but we all just kind of want the best for him. And we don't want to go into Man City and end up being shipped out, or Chelsea and ending up in Vitesse Arnhem, or something like that. So I think really it's sort of, hopefully get the rest of the season out of him. If they, a club comes in with an offer that, you know, is too good to refuse, then, you know, I think he'd go with our best wishes. I, I think that last one's quite important because, I mean, it is it is two-way. The, the club might want to sell him. I mean, if, if you think, well, is a left-back winger who scores 10, 15 goals a season and has the potential going to get us promoted, possibly, or is 30 million that we could actually invest now the parachute payments have finished, is that going to get us? That will actually... It might be the club deciding, sorry, we're going to have to sell you rather than him deciding or, or even mutual. But it, it isn't just one way. It's not just what the player wants, really, because how many players are we going to have that we could sell for? I mean, even if it isn't 30, 25, 30 mil, it, they don't come along all that often. And, you know, so I hate to see him go. I'd like to see watch him play for years. But it actually might be the club kind of saying, sorry, sorry, we, we need we need that money. <laughs> and I think that's especially be the case if we do stay in the championship. Uh, beyond this season okay guys uh we've got to sort of wrap it up now but one one last point i just want to sort of um address obviously slav came out in his press conference last week and sort of said you know he's not happy you know back me or sack me i was reading a report today of the um the manager of uh, cologne in germany who said the same thing and they sacked him do you think by the end of the window if we haven't made any signings or results do sort of you know take a bit of a nosedive do you think Slav will be in charge come February I, I think I think he will be regardless to be honest I don't think he's going to terminate his own contract and miss out on on money 
um, on the on his wages or a big payoff. To be honest, he starts. It's all a little bit of a broken record. Every window he complains. I mean, we have spent money. We, I don't think we've spent it all that effectively, you know. And hopefully now things have changed and he will be involved more. And then at least he's accountable at the moment. He's so unaccountable for each window, whatever we do, that you know he can say this every time. But but I think let let him you know make his own bed and then lie in it and and see see where we get to at the end of this window. Give him a give him a budget and then say, look, we're not going to let you sign anyone and then at least he's accountable and we can actually say well you had what you asked for and you didn't deliver but I don't I don't see him walking I, I can't see the club sacking him I think he'll be with us till the end of the season well that's my opinion anyway yeah I sort yeah I sort of echo those comments but I if if he were to I don't think I don't think I don't think he'll leave I I think he'll be with us for the rest of the season and he'll be the summer and again it all depends on whether or not he's got money say no, it's agreed that we'll sell Sessignon for twenty-five million, and he said, and they say, right, we're not going to give it to you now, but you can have it in the summer when transfers are more likely to happen. You know, there's a whole lot of unknown variables that can go, on, but that can go around. But if he does go, I think it's more likely that he will walk rather than the club will sack. Yeah, I think I think you're right. It's. I think they'd have to be pushed pretty far in order to sack him. I don't think having a little bit of a dig at them in a press conference is going to do that to them. I think they're probably made of sterner stuff than that. Uh, but we will see. You know, it's it's there's three weeks left of the window. Anything could happen. But hopefully we'll have sort of our best players still here and we would have added a couple more. And hopefully moving on, you know, will give us a good chance of sort of making the playoffs. We're not far behind. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed. Um, and on that note, guys, we do have to end it. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. Chat. No worries. It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Fulham underscore focus. Uh, you can go to the website, which is www.fulhamfocus.com. Keep an eye on the uh, podcast that we have coming up. Also the Q and A's with Danny boy. And thank you for listening. Good night.